Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Kozlowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. But same applies to any professionals who may appear on the Light the Fight podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to Light the Fight. What's up? <laughs> I'm Heidi. <laughs> I is David. We're here. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome, welcome back. back, David. I know, huh? It, it, Where'd I go? It, Did I go somewhere? Yeah, no, we didn't go anywhere, but it just feels like it's been a long week. Are you talking about my mental trip I went on? <laughs> You've been uh, on a couple of those, haven't you? You know, once in a while. Mental excursions? You know, here's the thing. Connor went off track yesterday, which... It just means everybody's off track. <laughs> and so, like, I'm like, okay, wait. You, you know, one little thing in your life, isn't it amazing how it just throws everything out? Yeah, I, I like the off track, but in some ways I don't like it because they get kid in preschool, kid off and on track, and mm-hmm. they never match up where I can sleep in. No, no, that doesn't. No, you, you're not in that place. No, not yet. <laughs> well, thanks as always, guys, for visiting us here at Light the Fight and... For being loyal listeners, if you're new to Light the Fight, I apologize for the bad humor. You got to go back to the the first episode, listen all the way through so you get used to the bad humor. See, if you're used to it, you can just block us out so much easier. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, you don't even take it personal. Like, why are they not funny? You're like, okay, they're not funny. And they give some (laughs) good info that helps me, like, not kill my kids. Like, forward, forward, it's fine. It's okay. Just don't tell us you skip the whole entire episode to, like, two parts. (laughs) It's so like 30 minutes in. So um, before we get going, big shout out to our, our sponsors, uh, teencounseling.com backslash LTF for light the fight. Go get your 10% for uh, teencounseling.com. And basically how it works, you go to teencounseling.com, you fill out the um, the questionnaire, the information, so they can get all the best information of what you're expecting, what you're needing, what you're looking for, so they can match you up with a therapist that can give you the therapy that your kid's looking for. It's so difficult to find a therapist and then it's difficult to jump through all the hoops to get your kid into therapy. Teencounseling.com has got that figured out. They can take you from having no luck with getting your kid to open them and talk about and at least get them talking to a therapist through their phone. They build the relationship. They get the connection. And then when they start introducing you as the parent to the family therapy with the kid, your kid's already had some practice runs at talking about their feelings. Kids don't want to try for the first time a dry run telling their parents or asking their parents for something. They need a professional to run it by first to tell them, yeah, no, don't say that. Yeah, say that. Or you need to admit that one. I know you think you need to lie about this, but it'll be way worse if you hold this lie. I have so many kids, parents, you may not realize this, but I have so many kids come to me and say, wow, Dave, I'm so glad I told my parents before things got worse, it would have got 10 times worse. How did you know that was going to happen? Go, well, after talking to a couple thousand other teens who didn't do what I told you to do, didn't work out so well for them. So I'm assuming telling the truth would have worked out better. You would be surprised how much your teenagers don't know. (laughs) You would be surprised how much effort they don't put into things and think things all the way through before they do something. 
Or maybe you wouldn't and, be surprised. Actually, you might be surprised Hence, you're listening how much to... they do know. That, that yeah, be, it, it goes both ways. What they do know. Right? Yeah, you you find out from some texts and some messages Yikes. how much they know about things that you did not have those conversations with them. But back to teencounseling.com. They will hook you up with a therapist right for you. Do not hesitate. If you're wondering how to get your kid in, you're thinking like how to bridge that gap, start with teencounseling.com backslash light the fight. Um, also, too, we want to give a big shout out to our community sponsor. 1-800-CONTACTS. We love those guys. Yep. And look forward to uh, um, some future announcements of some uh, community get together, some Don't Freak Out events that they're going to be sponsoring and helping us out with. So big shout out and thanks to 1-800-CONTACTS. And they make contacts. They're really good. And glasses. And they make glasses. You can get your own eye test, I believe, through the app. So go to 1-800-CONTACTS if you need contacts, too. That's right. <laughs> That's right. All right, so let's jump in today's conversation. I'm going to start out today's conversation with a song. Oh, that's going to be on it's key. Been, it's actually been a while. It's since going to be you on sang. key. You guys ready for the song on key? For all you people that were in high school and college in the '90s, you will remember this song. Losing my religion. No, that was definitely not on key. I wouldn't say. Brandon's like, I don't have an idea. Okay, so I'm first off, I wasn't trying to be on key because <laughs> I know I can't get to being on key. <laughs> So losing my, oh, I won't pronounce Those the words. The good, oh, there you go. Just, <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's so that's from like REM, it. Losing My Religion. We're going to talk about dun, 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 the R word. Religion. So some of you may not be aware that the state of Utah is associated with the Mormon church. You're not allowed to call it the Mormon church, David. Come on. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It's, it's, I have to correct you all the time. You know, it reminds me of my childhood. <laughs> so my last name is Kozlowski. It's painful. It's too long. <laughs> Giving me a nickname just helped everybody. Calling it Mormon just helps everybody. But it's true. It's technically not it, the Mormon true. Church. It is a nickname. So, well, they got to change it, right? Because they have a lot of Mormon stuff that they brand themselves Mormon this, Mormon that. Yeah, Meet the Mormons. All the things. They got to change all. So their marketing team better get on that. Yeah, it's, 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 that's kind of a big deal. But, and then also it's a, a, a different topic. Yeah. And so for all of you out there who do not live in Utah, have nothing to do with the Mormon church, if you're thinking, what the hell is this going to do for me? This is more, just because this is dominant religion here, this episode is more about just religion in general, families, the expectations um, here in Utah, because there's a predominant religion associated with the state. If you went down South, it's mostly Southern Baptist, Southern Methodist. So you'd have other, you know, things that people could relate to, but the community here, people are very familiar with the high expectations of the LDS church. People are familiar with the culture and things that are expected and Sometimes people are trying to live up to it. Sometimes people are not trying to live up to it. Sometimes people are all about it. And sometimes people are trying to bring it down and saying, this is the worst thing ever happened to me. You get all different people in all versions of the spectrum. Here in Utah, as a therapist, I get the two extremes more than anything else. I get the what I call the very orthodox Mormons where they're very by the book and these are the people that are by the book in everything in their life. It's not just with their religion. <laughs> they have certain patterns of how... Things have to be in order and, you know, just because that particular, this particular religion is, is very lifestyle. Yeah, definitely a lifestyle. It's not a part-time religion. No. <laughs> so well, like my, for some people. Yeah. For so, well, some religions could be, but back to what we're saying is that with the whole entire extremes that I see here, it usually is I get 
a lot of people who are all in on the religious and love it and people who, and it, not that it's not true or not, but are very harsh against it. Mm-hmm. They have very strong opinions and feel it's very damaging to people. And then we get these teenagers and these kids that come into my office. And for those of you out here listening to the podcast, you get those kids in your own house. Well, and this is why I feel like, I mean, we kind of have touched on it. If you're a longtime listener, we kind of touch on these religion hot points. But I, f- I feel like it's time for us to kind of just head head face right into um, a religious conversation, mostly because here, you know, at Light the Fight, we talk about parents and kids and, and kind of like the conflicts that exist, um, the relationships that we're trying to build. So, you know, we've talked about bridges a lot. Um, and, you know, I don't care what religion you are. Religion has changed a lot. You know, we at Life the Fight here, we talk a lot about a lot of things that have changed in the last generation, generation or two. And religion is changing dramatically. And so there is a, a gap in between kids and youth and parents and adults in the religion area well the internet really screwed everything up (laughs) let's just start out like and and i'm not saying this was the only issue but for many many years you just do what you were told to do or you were influenced by a lifestyle religion like mormon church you're so influenced by the culture the religion everyone around you is a part of it's just part of like me growing up polynesian like when you're around dancing and certain food, you don't think about it. It's just what you do, right? right? And with all these people, it's like a lot of times people are like, you just, you go to high school, then you go on a mission, then you go to college. Like, it's just what you do. It's kind of one of those expected things. Um, but instead of just labeling this religion, let's talk about expectations for spirituality, religion, and the type of life pattern you should be following. Religion gives a lot of um, outlines to what can lead to happiness and they give, you know, doctrine, all these things. But some people don't subscribe to religion, but they have very strong spiritual beliefs and higher power. And, you know, um, I know, you know, like in AA and and 12 step, they're just open to whatever you believe in. Go ahead and believe that. However, believing in something and using a higher power is very important. So let's take a parent, for example, that has a strong religious belief. Um, let's, you know, Mormon, right? In this scenario. And this parent, it also went through addictions and has a very strong belief in the 12 step program. Okay. So the LDS religion could be their subscribed religion that they say, I am LDS, right? But then 12 step, they can say, I'm a 12 stepper. I'm, I'm a member of this in and of itself. I don't want to call that a religion, but in and of itself, it has a very similar community, you know, they talk about personal development, trying to find happiness, trying to get to that next level. But a parent that has those two different experiences, they can draw from my life has been more benefited by these two organizations than it's been hurt by it. So because this has helped me out so much in my life, I need to make sure my kids follow the same suit because it can also help them out as well. Now let's have the kids come into the picture. Which creates a pattern. Exactly. Parents feel like, obviously we've talked about like obligations that parents have to teach and to lead and to guide and keep safe and all these things. And so sometimes I'd I'd say that religion creates a pattern. Yeah. 
Well, just to be clear, everything that I've said up to this point, there's no criticism. There's nothing wrong with any of this. I'm just stating something. So this is scenario, father, mother, whatever you want to be. 12-step pro, 12-steppers, Mormon church people, and now they have their kids and they go, let's go to church. Let's do the whole church thing. Kids are growing up. They're going to church Sunday. I mean, you're six, seven years old. You just do what your family tells you. Then they hit about preteens. Then they start to say things like, you know, I don't know if I believe in God. I don't know about this. I, I don't know if I have a testimony in church. And parents usually respond, well, well, why? Like, you know, like, and they sell you this. Look at all these amazing things. It can help you with this. So when you're older, it can give you this. It can give you all the things that kids don't think about, by the way, and aren't planning for in the future. So the sales pitch is usually about how great this can be in your life because it's helped me. And again, nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong for parents to try to influence. I want my kids to be fans of the University of Utah, not BYU. <laughs> Which isn't all a religious thing, but it... Very similar. Very similar. <laughs> okay. So here it is. I'm sitting here going, yeah, you like red, don't you, son? My daughter. And I know not to try to do it too much because then they'll hate it. Okay. <laughs> so naturally, we're trying to persuade our kids to want the things that we want, to like the things we like and see value in the things that we see value in it. However... This is where this podcast really starts now. What if one of your kids says, no, I don't like that. I don't want to go to that. And let's say one of these kids is an older kid and you're like, okay, excuse me, you didn't get the memo. I really need you to do this so that the other kids will follow behind you because they watch what you do. I'm their parent. You have a different influence over them. No, no, so no, we're no, so no, much no. better if you no, just no. do it too. This is what the parents say. No, no. In this family, in this family, this is what we do. That's right. Now, I didn't say what they actually said out loud. I was saying what the, what the parents are thinking. Okay, if we can get them, they're not supposed to do it. They're supposed to go along with us, right? And then they say things at our house. You go to our house, you do this, you do this, you do this. Because this is how we've always done it. We've always done it that way since we made that rule up. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm serious. There's a pattern. Because think about it. First of all, how new is the religion? Pretty damn new. Okay, in this case, the religion, this ain't Catholicism. Okay, if a person lives 100 years, another person lives 100 years, this religion is like two and a half people ago. Okay? <laughs> okay. So when people say like, hey, this has always worked for us. Oh, when they're back at horse and buggies? You mean like, in, like that happened recently. This is not like, okay. So the point I'm trying to make is that when the discussion from one of your kids or multiple kids comes up and it starts to sound like they're pulling away, they're pulling away, they're pulling away, this is the time where I caution and I encourage a different open approach well because what happens let i mean what happens particularly when a when a family when parents are really devout religious people it doesn't it doesn't even matter what the religion is it scares a parent when a child doesn't want to i'm going to say the word conform but even just participate you know, well, and, and, and this, this, a, a lot of the messages that we get, a lot of the messages that come in start from this place of a differing belief. And, uh, and then the parent with immediate fear of, of loss, maybe betrayal and, and, uh, and afraid for lots and lots of reasons. And and I say that because I think that if you're listening to this, you can probably relate 
um, you know what I what I mean, and that and that's why I want to address this because the instinct, the knee jerk reaction, the automatic response is is a little freaky outy. <laughs> it and is, I, and I might it be is. speaking from experience, maybe just just a little bit experience. <laughs> so getting getting back to this whole entire kind of like pathway that, that we're showing here so one of your kids in this scenario they start saying i don't know if i believe in god and this and that natural thing is you know some parents freak out and say you're going to go to church whether you like it or not if there's an argument if they're saying i'm not going to church stupid but if they're just kind of saying yeah, i don't know if i believe in this that's when the parents going to try to convince them and persuade them to come over to their side which again is totally fine but here's where it starts to be a little hypocritical so here in the mormon church there's a very very known thing. It's called free agency. <laughs> now, by definition, free agency in the religion means God gave us all a choice and we're consistently given choices because we're free. Now, some of our choices may trap us like addictions, right? Just because someone tries alcohol doesn't mean they're going to be an addict. But you're, you're running gambling. There's always a risk assessment in everything we do. If you date a person, you look at the people they did in the past. If that was, you know, a shiz show, it didn't look like it went well. Like that should be a red flag. But some people go, no, I'm fine. Though. They're perfect for me though. Okay. So we're looking for patterns. We're assessing risk all the time. So when parents hear this from their child, the risk that their child may not be happy or successful in life, if that's something that they really devoutly honor and hold close, that risk seems like it goes up. Then the fear and the worry comes in. But you're... Then they down the trust. But you could miss something. And the reason why I brought up free agency, people that feel like they're free get to pick and choose things that they believe would benefit them. When people ch pick things that they believe are going to benefit and appease other people, when they're younger, that keeps them safe. As they get older, it ensures they don't have confidence in making decisions themselves. This happens in the adolescent realm. Maybe you should just repeat that one more time. When you are constantly feeling like you have a choice to be made and you're free to make your own choice. Now, not to say there's not consequences, but the choice is yours. The choices pan out. Exactly. So for example, if your parent says, in our house, you have to go to church. And if you don't go to church, well, then you got to clean, do all this, and you're going to be punished if you go to church. That's one way of saying it. Another way of saying it is saying, hey, listen, at our house, you know we want you to go to church. Okay. It's obvious. They didn't know by that time and they can speak the English language. They know. Okay. <laughs> They've heard you plenty of times try to sell them on it, right? Just like you've heard them try to sell you on their friends, how great their friends are that have the tattoos and the piercings, and all the things that you don't like, right? So when you're given freedom to make that choice, if it works out for you, great. Now you have the confidence you make a good choice. If it doesn't work out for you, then you're quickly got to change that so you can figure out something better. Either way, you figured something out. You have confidence that can then carry over to making difficult choices in other big situations. But if your parents say, this choice is so wrong for you to never choose to not go to church or to believe what we believe in, it's such a threat to your survival, I have to threaten you to make you do it. I have to punish you if you don't. It's that important. Well, as you can see where this is leading to, you're choosing 
the religion over the relationship. Now, for everyone listening, let me be very, very and clear. This is, this is tough, you guys. So, uh, if you're starting, this is to, not like, my first the rodeo. And the tingling and the ooh, th- this and and this here's is tough. Here's the selling point. I don't want to go too extreme. I want to make it more relatable for everybody. If you put a mom or dad in a living room with a 15-year-old, and the 15-year-old says. I know this is going to be hard for you guys to hear, but I've been worrying about this thing, about this for a long time. I don't believe what you guys believe. Um, I know I have to go to church here, you know, if I'm living in this house, but I want to be able to make that choice my own and to choose to go or not to go. And that way, if I enjoy going and I like it, I'll continue to go. But if I don't enjoy going and I don't like it, it's not going to be a fight between any of us, but It'll be something, it's just not something I'm interested in right now. Maybe I'm interested in the future, but it's just not something I'm interested in right now. At that particular moment, if, if a teenager were to come to the parent and say that, they have a very important choice, important choice to make because they really have two very distinct choices. They either have to double down and really drive it home that they're not old enough to make a decision like that that this is so important and that because these are your rules, if they don't do that, it's a direct disrespect that you don't love them, you're disrespecting them. Or a parent can see something else. Wow. How cool is that? That my child came to me respectfully, knowing that this is important for me, knowing be hard and sat with this information for a long time and said they want to talk to me about it, tell me what, tell me what they thought. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to encourage their experiment. Because anytime someone believes something, or I'm going to do air quotes, they have a testimony of something. They can't prove it. That's what a testimony is. You're stating a belief. You don't have facts. You can't prove it. Try to tell your kid, God said you should do this. And your kids say, really? When's the last time you talked to him? So you understand, he told the prophet, he told this. Trust me, you lost them as soon as you open up their, your mouth. Your kids, and this is the big selling point when parents have a hard time with this. I tell them, it doesn't matter what your religion is. If you believe in God, let's use God as the example. If you believe in God, right now, if your kid doesn't know if they believe in God, but they talk to you and you're a father or a mother and they're a child, hmm, oh yeah, you're the representation of God in their life. Now take a step back and I want you to think, what is God, you, saying out of your mouth? What are the things that are coming out of your mouth? Are you saying you have to choose me? Otherwise, you're deserving of a punishment. Because I don't know if, I don't really know. I mean, I don't know. I haven't talked to God lately. If he's talked to me, you know, I didn't hear it. <laughs> I'm going to get some, some, uh, some hearing aids. Point is, I don't necessarily know, and I'm not talking about religion. I just don't know if that's how those relationships work. Like it's an actual, hey, God told me to do this and then I do this and it's all clear. Now, I'm not saying God doesn't inspire people. I'm not saying God doesn't want you to try to convince your child gently to come to this. But there is the thing called free agency. If we do not, and I'm speaking more to the Mormon people and other religions, you're, you know, freedom to choose whatever you want to call it. But we got to be really careful not to look like the biggest hypocrite in the world by saying you have to do this, but you're free to choose to do it. 
It's tough. Because what you were doing is saying, now your relationship is God, with God is just a mirror of your relationship with me. And if you're listening to this podcast, you want a better relationship with someone in your family. So you're probably not at God status yet, I'm guessing. I know I'm not. I know, I know the things aren't that celestial and holy that come out of my mouth. But look at your kid. They want your respect. They want you to see value in them. They want to make you happy. They want to say, hey, mom, look at me. No hands. I can do this thing that I didn't know I could do. Look, aren't you proud of me? You are their higher power until they can do it on their own. So if you look at yourself, this is what I tell our parents. I said, all I want you to do is consider this before you do your agreements because I was doing parenting and partnership agreements. I always tell parents, you cannot have religion on my agreements. And they say, why? I said, because it's not measurable. How do you measure faith? and testimony, and hope? Would you pay 20% instead of 10% tithing? No, that's not measurable. Would you read all the scriptures and memorize all the hymns? That doesn't mean that you have greater faith. That doesn't mean that you're a loyal or more loyal follower of God. And if someone goes to church before they know they can go to church, or let's say they don't get along with someone in church, and church is painful, they have social anxieties, whatever it may be, and you're forcing them to go, that means you're not listening to what they're really trying to tell you. They're saying, I don't know what's right for me and I'm scared. And if you support me that I can experiment, figure out these decisions on my own, then you're telling me you believe I can make good choices. But if you tell me I have to do this because I do not know how dangerous life can be and if I don't do this, I'm gonna be struggling all these other car- all these other avenues before I even experiment or before I even, even thought about those other areas, then my natural human side is gonna say, says who why not and now you're dealing with the teenage brain instead of helping a teenage brain grow to an adult brain you're not giving them a choice and here's the trick parents think i'm telling them to tell their kids they don't have to go to church i never say that i say you know we want you to go to church i would like you to go to church but to save our relationship i'm not going to make you go to church and i'm not going to Tell you every morning, get up. Are you going to go? Are you going to go today? Do you want to go today? I'm not going to admit you. Here's what I'm going to say. I'm just going to ask you, can you show up one Sunday a month and just do me that solid? We'll start with that. I literally ask you to do me a favor because to say, I want you to go to church because you need to see the value in it. That's not doing you a favor. You're asking your kid to lie. You're asking them to be dishonest. Now, parents have also said, well, that's how you form a testimony. Someone shares their, their experiences with you. And then because they shared their experiences, you're going to be curious and want, and want to develop your own testimony. I said, trust me, your kids are not, they're not curious about how you became so passionate about the church. They know, they know way too much about it. That's where we overshoot thinking we need to tell them more and we need to do more. No, you need to exercise free agency. Say, you know what? You got a good point. That's actually a good point. So I'll tell you what, I'll make you a deal. You don't ever have to go to church again, but can you do me a favor and go at least once a month with us? So it makes us feel, because it's important to me as a person outside of the religion. And guess what you just did? You said God is asking you to do him a favor. That's it. He's asking you for a relationship. He's not asking you for you to be 100% obedient. And that's the message that we have to figure out a way, not just Mormonism and lots of really structured things. Structure and religion has proven to give lots of people success. You want to know why? Because that's what structure does. That's what discipline does. Whether the religion is totally whacked out or if it's a good religion, whatever that is to some people, it's a structure. It gives you, okay, 
if I do this and check that box, I'm going to be blessed. Now, some people think it's a crack of crap and you don't get blessings for doing these basic little things and other people feel that you do. Well, have you ever heard of placebo effect? For some people, it could be a placebo and some people could be real. I don't judge whether people's spiritual experiences are real or not real. If they tell me it's real, then it's real. Right. If they tell me it's not real, then it's not real. So if you want your kids to honor your testimony and your belief in this is real, then you have to honor that they're questioning if it's real. How do you have a testimony if you don't know? How do you know, basically, how do you know you know if you challenge that maybe you don't know? You have to see both sides of it. My experiences in life helped me help struggling teens. I couldn't have went down certain paths that other people wanted me to go down and still have had this information. It worked out. I'm not saying take a, a risk and a gamble with your kids' lives, but your kid going to church or not going to church is as painful as this may sound to some people. If we look at it factually, it's just a choice. But you may believe that choice has a whole lot of benefit. They may not see it yet. Let them make the choice and figure it out for themselves. But as long as you have the relationship saying, you don't have to come to church, but could you do me a solid? You don't have to do this, but could you do me a solid? You're building a partnership with them instead of telling them they have to listen to you simply because you gave birth to them. They didn't pick your family as far as you know. Like They didn't say, I want to be born to this guy. No, this just happens. So the loyalty, yeah, they should be loyal to you because you've taken care of them their whole entire life. And that should be loyal and honored and respecting you. But going to the church that you think they should go to, I question if that is actually showing respect and love or if they're just being obedient to your wishes. I don't know too many successful independent adults that obedience was the only thing that they did. They had to experiment. They have to explore for themselves. So here's what I want I want to add. There's there's two pieces. And you can tell if the rant I went, I've never had these conversations. I've never <laughs> talked about this. And it doesn't destroy families, especially here in Utah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so two things that I want to kind of talk about with with that whole rant <laughs> as a foundation. Um, the first one is as a recovering religious disciplinarian. <laughs> um, I can testify that when you put religion up against um, relationship and you choose religion, the relationship loses hard. There's, if that's what it's come to, there is no winning by choosing the religion. You want to know two of the biggest deal breakers for people getting married? Religion and debt. Makes sense. Makes if sense. one person has a whole lot of debt, and if one person has a whole lot of religious expectations, and the other person... Either, if they're not a part of that religion, that's really tough. Right. If they are a part but have different views of it, that's also tough. And if that changes over the course of So I was actually just validating your point. Yeah. It's not just with you and your kids. Yeah. 
It's like the relationship. Yeah, that's what breaks up a lot of relationships if they have different religious beliefs. But it is proven, and I think, and you would probably, I'm sure that you would agree with me, that if you do have a good relationship, people make better decisions. If you have a good relationship with someone of a different religion, you can better understand that religion through the person. For sure. But if you don't have a, a good relationship with someone of a different religion, or you're questioning if their religion is true or not, and they're just trying to convince you or that it critical. is, or critical of it, if you're critical of their religion and they're just trying to convince you that it's right, that's not really helping the relationship at all. That's two people trying to persuade someone to come to someone else's side. Problem is when you do it with your kids and there's a family relationship that is very, very important, not like just a work relationship. That has proven, from my experience, to it's a huge risk. And like you said, Heidi, the risk is, is that we are so devout and our belief is so strong that something's so important that we put that thing above the day-to-day relationship building with our intimate family members. Now, the religion can benefit you. So people say, well, because we do religious things together and, and church things, it builds us closer. Yes, I'm not talking to people who all their kids are willing to do it. I'm talking to the person who says, I'm not saying a prayer. I'm not doing scripture study. I'm not going to church. That's who I'm talking to. Those people know exactly what I'm talking about. If you can't relate to this, it's simply because you just haven't had this experience. But if you have one kid, let alone multiple kids, maybe even a partner who's also on the, I don't want to go to church either. It can become this tit for tat where now it's like, I have to prove them that's important. But that's where people miss out on the relationship. Because going back to the example I was going to use, you've said this in your own way. I've had mothers, fathers give really extreme variations of what I'm about to say. And if you think this is too much in an extreme example, I don't think it is because they said this, not me. Their child died from suicide. And they've said things like, here I am getting mad at them because I found out that they got drunk with their friends. Here I am, you know, not that they drink all the time, but they got drunk. And so that was like, oh, I'm taking your phone, ah, or they got caught smoking weed or something like this. These are all kids that weren't like full grown adult drug addicts in prison. They're 16 years old, right? Like read some books and some movies. They joke around about the stuff. That's just part of adolescent life. But those kids' parents now had to bury their kids. Those kids' parents now have to evaluate every conversation argument. They have to look through with a fine tooth comb and a magnifying glass and saying, was that worth it? And I'll tell you, here's what they say. I would get drunk with my kid. I would roll my kid's joint for them that one time if that was going to make a difference to show them at a moment that I am not just their parent. I'm someone who gets it. Now, I wouldn't suggest that they smoke weed. I wouldn't, you know, like it was just, if you had a moment to bring them back with one crazy act just to show them that they could talk to you and you are someone that can get it and understand it. Every single one of those people, in their own way, they said, I freaking roll that joint. I don't give a My kid's back. Bleep that out, producer. As long as my kid's back, as long as my kid's alive, I got what, after enough people says, I started to see what they're really trying to tell me. What they're trying to tell me is that, yes, their religion is important to them. Yes, they want their kid to be a part of that religion. But if their kid's not alive to go to church with them, or if their kid's not alive to be able to call them after church to say, are you coming to dinner? Then, then there's a big piece missing. It doesn't matter as much. After I heard this enough time from people, I'm starting to see, okay. So from the people that went to the extreme and now they have to reevaluate their actions, they're freaking out. They don't look at themselves the same way. 
They can't see that it's even important anymore. Like, it doesn't mean that they don't want their kids to go to church, but they start to go on, okay, come, don't come to church. I don't know. Just show up in dinner and let's hold hands and hug and I just need to know you're safe. The expectations get more realistic as difficult things come into life. Now, those same people, sometimes because of what they went through, they question their own religion. Well, and that's, They question spirituality yeah. and they start to relate to their teenager going, wow, maybe I, did, I wasn't as believe. Maybe something more needed to be added to this. You get what I'm saying? Well, and that's where I wanted to go actually next is... When you are in a situation that your child has driven a wedge or, or that a wedge has been driven because of religion and maybe your child is making decisions or living lifestyle or, or experiencing life very, very contrary to maybe what you've had or what your belief system is, a lot of parents start to feel like they have to abandon their entire principles to show up for that child or to support them or to prove to them that they love them. Um, and, you know, obviously I can't. Well, they either feel like they have to do that or they have to disown the kid. It's right. those two extremes. Yeah. Yes. And yes. That, so the, path, the, that. the disowning one, that was the tradition for many, many generations you bring and, shame, you disrespect us, you're gone. And I think that, that that's where I want this podcast, this episode to end, which is you don't have to choose either or. This isn't yeah. zero or 100. There is, there is a, it's okay to establish an understanding. It's okay to be an ally to your child without abandoning the things that you love and believe in. It's okay to have conversations about questions and doubts and possibilities because there may be things going on that aren't up there on the surface that aren't being talked about that are the root of the questions and, and the doubts. And I, th I think where, where I'd like this to be is that as parents, and, and I'm speaking as a parent, when I was, when I've been in a moment of breakdown for whatever reason, that moment feels so big. That feels permanent. feels forever. <laughs> yeah. It feels like a life sentence. Yeah. Like this decision that you just made is now going to be a domino effect Throughout time, and nothing can stop right? that train when it's on the tracks. It's just and and I had such, I lived in such a in in such a reality that I thought that every bad decision was just so had so much condemnation, rather than zooming out. And sometimes we talk about this as the drone effect or that drone viewer, yeah. where we have to look at this and say, oh. So this is this is a a moment, and and minds can change, and understanding can be broadened, and bridges can be built, and and that's okay. This this one moment that might even be five years, <laughs> like 
err on the side of the relationship. We, we say this a lot. Err on the side of the relationship does not mean you have to identify that, that you have to abandon your religion. It does not mean your religion is bad. It does not mean that your child is bad. Just kind of clear out some space there. Clear out some space. And it's going to take time. It's going to take time. And when she says clear out some space and, and all that type of stuff, you know, the parents that have been in Heidi's situation, you know, lost kids, you know, really extreme stuff. Those parents, um, they talk differently about religion with their kids. They just have a different way of talking about it. And maybe not all of them start out this way, but over the years, I, I see them trend in this direction. And this is how they talk to their kids about it. They spark curiosity. They have conversations, not seeing if their kid's interested in the religion, but conversations just to see where they're at in the religion. Sometimes the kids have the strong testimony, and so the parent will poke at it a little bit and go, ooh, gosh, so... That's what, that's what you feel God told you to do. Okay, well, tell you what, stick to that, but just want to let you know. Sometimes, you know, God has moods. He changes a little bit now and then. And I'm talking about, like, if you're talking to little kids, like, they said I need to marry this girl. Aren't you 13? You're not even allowed to date yet. <laughs> like, I know, but mom, like, I hear some crazy stuff from some kids. So instead of parents trying to convince their kids, just like, okay, like, this is important to you. All right, I see where you got to go with this. Let them have their moment, their experience, because that thing that's like a life sentence is they feel like this one teacher at church was mean to me. So because they're mean to me, that I, I, the church is not right for me. A lot of this happens, right? People get offended or something takes place where now a person is a representation of their experience with that religion. And so it leaves a bad taste in their mouth. As a parent, if you just sit and listen to that, just let it sit with you, it's like, wow, like, gosh, you know, I'm I can kind of relate. You know, I had one time when I had a similar experience and didn't make me feel good. And for a while, you know, I didn't even want to go to church. Are you telling your kid to don't go to church? No. Are you telling your kid that you just totally encourage them to be atheist or whatever your worst fear is? No. You're just relating to them. That's it. So last thing I want to leave everybody with, especially people of the LDS faith, I just want you to ask yourself a question. If this resonates, if you don't like some of the things I'm saying, I, I don't mean to be harsh and you need to do this. I just see the other end of the spectrum. I'm coming from a place where I see the arguments and see the fights and I see how people circle back around and say, wow, that was really unnecessary. <laughs> they look at it differently once they go through it. So the one thing that I'd like to encourage all your parents out there, if you want your child to have a testimony that there's truth in this religion or it's a good religion that they should follow it, or, or any or religion, just, yeah, any religion for that matter. If you want your kid to believe in that, I want you to ask yourself this one question. Tell yourself, what was the story, what was the life experiences that led you to that testimony and that strong belief? And then I want you to see how you got there because it's usually multiple experiences, multiple relationships, these multiple things happen. Years. Multiple years, right? And then I want you to say, is that the course that your child is on and are you encouraging that course or have you found a hack or a shortcut to help you so that your child doesn't have to go through hardship and you can make that course shorter for them because we would love that we, we would love that right? it'd be easier for us <laughs> we would love it we wouldn't have to listen to stupid podcasts anymore we'd have it all figured out <laughs>
But here's the challenge. Every time I've asked a parent this, the same answer. They give me a long story of how they got their belief in their testimony, multiple years, multiple life experiences. They hated it or they didn't have any interest. They met a friend, all these different touch points. And they say, okay, is this the same course that you've set for your children? Well, no, because I know all these things. If I can just inject it into them faster, I say, well, what you want is admirable and it's good. And you're trying to cheat. You want to bend the rules a little bit. I don't blame you. So I say, I, I try to cheat too in every way to keep my kids safe. Of course. But you can't cheat when it comes to God. Higher power and those huge things. You're trying to get your kid to listen to you, but now you're saying, now I want you to listen to someone you don't know that's above me. I have a hard time following a leader that I've never met. So if you're the leader, if you're the parent I'm working with, I'm going to follow you. So as a parent, make sure that you're trying to be a resemblance of the God that you want them to learn about. Obviously, you can't be perfect, so don't take what I'm saying literally, but try to resemble that. So that means if they say, I don't want to go to church because I, I don't believe this is the right religion and, and I read some things and this and that. So instead of reacting, think for a minute what God thinks. Hmm, 15 years old? Yeah, I don't think they have a lot of things figured out. I'm guessing they don't know what they're going to wear to school tomorrow. But yet they know what their religion belief is at 15 years old. I'm guessing that they have a crush on someone today that they will not like next week. Do not take the words that are coming out of your kid's mouth like it's scripture because they're doubting in something. Oh, yeah, go along with it. Okay, well, how'd that come from? Thank you so much for trusting me to share these things with me because that's hard. You know what? I could never come to my parents and tell them that I had worries and fears, that I didn't believe the religion was true either. Wait, you didn't believe the religion was true either? Well, yeah, from like 16 to 21, I want nothing to do with it. I hated it. See, a lot of parents think that you're giving your kids a green light to not go to church. That's not what you're doing at all. You're telling them, that this is normal life to feel the way you're feeling. Just because you're feeling this way doesn't mean that you have to like drive a campaign against a church. That's the way you feel. Feel it and see how you feel next week. Because you know what that shows? This is the last thing I want to say. It shows that you actually have a testimony. You're confident. Because you know what unconfident people do? They stress and they worry. They try to like, you got to beg, please come to the church, come to the religion, do this, do this, do this. You know what confident people do? They just live it and then you see the example. And that, it's called modeling also. And sometimes we talk about that here too. And, and you if guys- your 17-year-old doesn't go to church and your 7-year-old says they don't have to go to church, well, guess what? That's called being a parent. You have to deal with that. <laughs> it would be great if your 17-year-old just went to help you out, but that's why you got to make a deal with your 17-year-old so them not going isn't a big show, isn't a dramatic thing. It's an agreement that they're going to not go peacefully as long as you don't make like threaten them. And then every now and then just do me a favor and come once a month. Every parent that said, come once a month when you want to come and I won't bother you every single week, every single teenager taking it. And to this date, I haven't had one parent. Now, sometimes not always once a month, but sometimes it's more than they thought. And parents come back and say, wow, I didn't need my kid to go to church every single Sunday. I just needed them to not be a punk and be polite while they were there once a month. That was it. Going every Sunday with a kid who's on the phone with a pink purple mohawk and like crazy clothes on. Are you sure you want that kid with you every week? Be careful what you're asking for. <laughs> That's a little joke at the end of it. So 
Well, I appreciate it, you guys. This is a this is a tender, Su- touchy subject. This is so a tender subject. It's not easy and, to do. And I, and so um, I want to thank you guys for listening. I want to thank you for showing up today. Um, no matter what is happening, um, no matter where you are on your faith journey and your spiritual journey, because you're somewhere. Um, don't expect your kid to be right where you are, because you're at least some years older than that than that kid and you've at least had that measure of experience um one way or another be the person that allows your kid to come to you and be real be somebody that gives them a chance to figure it out and not condemn them and not love them only when they do exactly what you want them to do don't make them feel like their value isn't doing what you want them to do. Make sure that they know that their value is just them, face value. And a little side note, and I, I'm almost hesitant to say this because I don't want people to do it just because of this, but I'll tell you what the results are for the people that that have taken this approach. And some of these people are high ranking members of local church groups here. This was a tough pill for them to swallow, to give free agency instead of talk about free agency. Cause it's easy to justify. Well, this isn't really free cause we're protecting them. That's where every parent can, it's for their safety says who, right? So here's what I'm gonna tell you. The overwhelming majority of parents that do this, not only do they have their kids actually attend church more regularly and, because they want to be, they've had some, what they would call miracles because now the kids choose to go and are very active and they give the credit to exercising free agency and allowing their kids to choose instead of saying, fine, I guess you don't have to go then. All right. If you don't want to go, you don't, want to, you don't have to go. <laughs> Cause that's not even a choice. That's still a guilt trip. That's still a shame trip. So all these parents are like, wow, if I would have known they would have started coming to church, do this this fast, if I would have given this free, I would have done this years ago. That's not the intent of doing it, but sometimes a win's a win. Sometimes people need to see the proofs in the pudding. They need to taste it first. So if you just want to ask me, does this usually work out with the kids going to church? Because I have parents, will they go if I do this? And I say, well, listen, that's not what we're doing. They go, will they go? I go, Oddly enough, they usually start going back to church to some degree. And some people that were apostate were sending horrible messages out there on the internet about the church are actually going to church now. Dad's a bishop hanging out with them. He's actually has a calling in a singles ward. And this kid swore he would never go to church again. A couple years later, no drama about church. And then he met a friend. Next thing you know, he likes going to church. And the parents are like, we just had to get out of the way. I'm like, yes, exactly. You had to get out of the way. You know, if... Whatever you study you look at, you can see that religion is looking different for younger kids. Um, yeah, millennials is down 60%, over 60% huge enrollment for millennials of any religion, those, any religion at all. Those numbers are huge. And what that tells us isn't that religion, there's no place for religion. It tells us that we have to change the way, we got to change the approach. So I'm so glad you said it, just reminded me something. I believe the statistics, why they're going down, it's a notification. 
the younger generations are telling us. If you agree this is right or wrong that they're doing it, I don't, it, uh, this is what they're telling us, whether you think it's right or wrong or not. They're telling us they need a relationship with their religion. The re in, earlier when I first said, this is what I was going to say when I said the internet screwed up religion because you can Google things. I will tell you, belief. if you want bad information on, I don't know, pick a church, the Mormon church, just one Google search will blow your mind. So when people say, how could, you know, someone be a part of this, the church, they had multiple wives, this, and that, and this, and that, and this, and that. And people come to me and say, well, how do I respond? I need to debate with my teenager because they're telling me Joseph Smith, this, that, and how do I respond to that? I look at them and say, trust me. Do not try to defend something a man did like so long ago. Women couldn't vote back then. They couldn't own property. I, I will not try to defend for anyone that does something. I have no idea why they did it. So when we try to give these debates, we're like, well, you understand he was inspired by the Lord. Whoa, 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 whoa. Here's what we should be saying. And this is what I tell kids. That's a good point. Yeah, that sounds kind of weird and different. I don't blame you for having doubts in the religion because of all those things you just said. That certainly wouldn't fly today. Okay. <laughs> it certainly wouldn't fly today. But then I flip it around and say something like this. However, are you saying that everything about the religion has been a bad, just one bad experience? And I'll say outlandish things. And they go, well, no, no. I, I go, well, tell me what were some of the things that you actually have a hard time saying goodbye to because people don't want to leave their religion. It's painful to leave a religion. Then they share all those things. I'm like, oh, okay. Part of your life, all these great experiences, and you had some bad experiences over here. I get why you'd want to leave. I totally get it. Totally understand why you want to go. I get it. Except there's one small problem. It's part of who you are. It's a part of where you came from and being embarrassed of where you came from. I can tell from, I can say from personal experience, it makes life difficult. And I only hope regardless of what religion you are, what religion you want your kids to believe that even if they don't want to come to your religion, even if they don't subscribe to it, that they're not ashamed and embarrassed of it. So choose using your relationship to overcome all the religious criticism out there on the internet. If you use your relationship with your child to help them see the positive things of it, then yeah, they're going to have the internet. They're going to have all this negative criticism and people writing books and blogs, stuff like that about it, but they're going to have their own life experience to measure it up against. That's all I want for all these kids that they get to have their own experience and as a parent, do not try to debate with other people's information. You weren't Joseph Smith. You weren't these people. You didn't make those decisions. You're not even making decisions for the church today. But what you are doing is you're making a relationship today. Choose the relationship. Uh, mic drop. I, I had like four today. I was trying to end at one. <laughs> I was trying to give you the last one, but I kept on remembering things I didn't say, so... You guys, thanks for listening. Um, I hope you, I hope you take a minute to really think about what we've talked about today, and uh, and figure out where you're at. Figure out how you can do better. Um, there's a quote that I heard this week. Oh, dang it! I can't remember the guy's name. 
Um, I'm going to get it really quick. Here. I don't give him credit for it. Nobody gives me credit for my quotes. So. I know. I'm yeah, just kidding. <laughs> but that's a little inside joke, you guys. I have nothing to do. <laughs> okay. Here's a quote. It's by mm, 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 Jim Rohn. Don't wish it were easier. Wish you were better. And I want you guys I to like ask it. yourselves, moms and dads, are you doing better? Than you did last week, than you did yesterday, than you th- did this morning. Well, that wish could also be a prayer. Instead of, je- I'm not saying you can't pray for this, but instead of praying that your kid will get a testimony, or praying your kid will want to go to church, because that's what parents tell me they're praying about, you could also switch that up a little bit too. Instead of just praying that they have this inspiration, you could simply say, no, God, help me. So that when I talk to my kid, they don't think I'm just trying to push religion on them. And instead, we can just have a relationship, and I can be an example of it and make them curious, and hopefully give them a different taste in their mouth about the religion, because the one I've left obviously hasn't been good enough. You don't have to be the reason why your kid's not going to church, but you are the representation of a higher power. It's a, that's a, it's a big pill to swallow here tonight. No pressure. At, 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 no pressure. You're just God to them. You guys come back again. Come back again next time. For more time. <laughs> uplifting spiritual information. Thank you no. for listening, you guys. Thank you for telling your friends. Thank you for helping um, yeah. to spread this information. And thank you for living this and, and, and trying to be better. And thank you for helping us to light the fight. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.